Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the legendary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be here to help you be the best version of you that you can be. I'm glad you're here, so let's get to it. What's up, my friend? Thank you for tuning in yet again. And I'm excited to chat today about something I've spoken about several times in the past. But for me, it never gets old. It's one of the biggest ahas I initially took away from my very first Tony Robbins event um, that literally changed the trajectory of my life. And that is what he refers to as human needs psychology, the six human needs. And it answers the question why do we as human beings do what we do? You know, like, why is it that uh, one man may put down and sacrifice his life for his country while the next man or men decide to fly planes into buildings and kill thousands of people like 9-11, you know? Why does one woman uh, never miss a workout so that she can be in shape and be, you know, uh, an amazing, healthy example for her children so she can live a long time and be with them while the next woman uh, never works out, always putting the needs of her children ahead of herself, but she kind of martyrs herself and lets her health completely go because she says she has no time to actually take care of, of her physical body in the name of her children, right? So why do these things happen? It's because of the, the universal force called our human needs. And it's so interesting because, um, you know, the cool thing about it is that there's six human needs <laughs> and we all fulfill them in positive, negative, or neutral ways. But every single person will find a way to meet one or a multitude of these six human needs in some way. So the interesting thing is um, when you really look at why we do what we do on a daily basis and whether we're talking about eons ago or thousands upon thousands of years in the future, our needs as human beings will always be the same no matter if technology changes, life experiences change, circumstances change. Our needs, though, stay the same. And I think that's the the fascinating part because for so long, I didn't know why I was doing what I was doing. I just kind of was going through life more robotic, um, following the the line that was designed kind of by my upbringing. And I didn't have a whole lot of uh, clarity until I really learned some of these principles. And so these type of needs, these human needs are really encoded into our nervous system over centuries and generations and uh yeah it's pretty fascinating so let's jump right into it the first four needs though are are what tony robbins refers to them as our primal needs where the last two needs are more needs of the spiritual so the first and kind of primary primal need is the need for certainty you know everybody needs stability um they need let's say food and shelter and uh, warmth, you know, um, nowadays, now that we more or less kind of can take that for granted for the most part in, uh, first world countries, 
what we're instead really looking for for certainty is for the need to have a job, be able to pay our bills, you know, be able to drive a certain car. Um, but essentially, when people can't control their physical circumstances, they often seek certainty through even maybe a state of mind, you know. So they they may seek out religious faith or some type of positive outlook that keeps them um, secure or comfortable or certain, right? The funny thing is the second need is a paradox. It's almost like the exact opposite. It's the antithesis of the first one. So the first need is for certainty. The second need is for uncertainty or let's say variety. So people have a need to change their their state, their emotional state, to exercise their body and their emotions. Um, and And that happens often when we have an oversatiation of our first need of certainty because you have t- if you have too much certainty and things get too predictable then oftentimes we'll get bored and think about it in terms of a relationship say you know very well that he or she is going to love you a certain way that every single like valentine's day the expression <laughs> every birthday is like more or less the same thing you know, in the bedroom, it's the same thing. It gets really boring, right? And so our need then kicks in for uncertainty. We need a little variety, a little romance, a little excitement, a little mystery. But if you're in a relationship where you have too much uncertainty and you can't count on him and sometimes sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not, um, and let's say even like like there's that allure to bad boys, right? Because there's the uncertainty, there's the adventure. And yet if it's too much uncertainty or, or adventure, you can't depend on that person. And even that can get boring in some ways. Um, but people will use um, food and entertainment and mood swings and just being active as a way to create uncertainty. And especially in this time of, COVID-19, the coronavirus, when we're all living at home or you know, staying home as much as we can, things can get very boring. And so the need for uncertainty and variety and to come up with some novel ideas of how to entertain yourself becomes even more important. Um, and there's a reason why vices like alcohol and drugs and <laughs> Netflix and porn and gambling are all on the rise because people are bored out of their minds and they're looking for ways to change their emotional state. And so the third primal need is the need for significance. And everyone needs to feel that, uh, that, that important way of feeling that they are special, unique, um, that they are significant through one way or another, you know, that their life is of meaning. Um, And so a lot of times, if you are dating someone, if you're in a relationship or you're in business with someone who's maybe their primary need of these six human needs is significance, they will often do whatever they can to be in the limelight. They will do whatever they can to to take the focus and to have the focus on them. Um, but the interesting thing though, is too, if they're not able to do it in a positive and empowering way, they oftentimes can find themselves being significant, um, because of their insignificance, um, or the size and complexity of their problems, 
You know, have you ever met someone who's like, oh, you think that's bad? Listen to how bad my story is. Like, oh, you think you're a victim? Let me let me tell you how horribly I'm a victim. And they will find their ways of being, you know, fulfilling their needs of significance through being helpless and being, um, you know, more or less unfixable. And uh, the, the interesting thing is that the paradox, the antithesis to significance is the fourth connection, and that's for love and connection. Um, oftentimes, our drive for significance will actually drive us further away from people when what we actually want is love and connection. So, you know, it's pretty obvious, but, uh, you know, a, a person, you know, what do they have? The um, There's that whole... It's the failure to thrive syndrome where they have, I don't know when they did this, but I think they proved that uh, babies that were just given food and sustenance without any sense of um, holding and caring and connection would, would die. Um, and so a huge part of, you know, obviously all of our lives, most of that, which we don't remember in those first couple of years of life is that nurturing it's the touch it's the it's the connection with our mothers or someone who was caretaking for us as infants um and so it it can you know take on the the form of love um it can take on the the needs of sometimes even more aggressive interaction it's why people stay with abusive partners a lot of times because even though they're being abused they still feel like at least they're significant and they're having some sense of connection through being beaten or abused. And so it's sad, but like I said, we can fulfill these needs in positive, neutral, or negative ways. So the last two needs are the needs of the spirit. And to truly have a life of fulfillment, you have to focus on making these two needs your primary needs, you know? And so similar to the five love languages, if you've ever read that book, and if you haven't, I highly recommend it, but there's five love languages, but typically we as individuals will have one or two that we seek to fulfill at a much higher level than the other three, right? For me, it's quality time, it's physical touch, and all the other ones, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service don't mean as much to me. And so the same goes, goes for the six human needs here, where, if, again, if you truly want to be fulfilled in life, you want to make sure that you fulfill the fifth need, which is growth. Because as Tony Robbins will say, if you're not growing, you're dying. You're either moving forward or you're moving back. There is no um, stagnation of life. There is no maintenance, if you will. And so we all, we all need to look for ways of, of growing um, to make sure that we are expanding our capacities as human beings. And then sixth, the very last one is the need for contribution. So we all have that desire to contribute to something greater than ourselves, but we often forget it. Sometimes it becomes very easy, especially when we're in scarcity mode, to just be looking out for our own needs. Um, but I'll tell you, really truly, you know, none of us would be here on this planet, you wouldn't be listening to my voice, if someone, especially obviously when we were in our first several years of life, didn't sacrifice their own uh, time and various other things to contribute to our lives, to put our 
needs as infants, as children ahead of their own, right? And so that's, that's the beautiful part. But I will tell you too, as I've learned throughout this whole <laughs> learning of the six human needs, again, if you are someone uh, who puts certainty and security and stability at the top of their list, okay, chances are you will never be happy because life constantly is throwing uncertainty and the coronavirus at this moment of of recording this podcast is a great example of how our lives can be thrown upside down and so you've got uncertainty with you know the economy with your job potentially with various relationships all those things if you're looking for certainty then chances are you're always going to be stressed because life is never going to be fitting into your box of expected control. And so this is where I would say most people who have addictions have are kind of have their addictions rooted within. Having worked with people now over 10 years with kind of, you know, I guess food addiction, um, emotional eating, their challenge is not that they have a uh, deficiency in food, let's say. They're just not like abnormally more hungry than the next person. The truth is, is that they have a problem with their addiction to control. And when they can't control their outdoor, outside circumstance and experience, then they use food to at least feel certain for five minutes that they're going to move away from the pain of life happening to them to at least being able to focus on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be certain that this piece of cake is going to give me pleasure for the next five minutes. I'm going to tune out everything else. And this is why people, even when they're in the midst of a diet, fall off the wagon and say, why, how can this happen? How can I actually be looking to, to diet? I'm looking to lose weight. And yet I find myself doing the exact opposite and self-sabotaging myself it's because they are fulfilling that need of significance. I'm sorry, not of significance, but of certainty. And the fascinating thing is, is that if you were to fulfill at least three, three or more of these six human needs on a scale, let's say, of a five or higher in terms of like fulfillment, then you you could essentially say that you have an addiction. And so... That's the, the scary part, and you've got to be very, very careful about why you do what you do. And I know when I was, you know, my previous life, let's say, um, in, in when I was much younger, I was working uh, for a family business, doing something that I was not passionate about. I didn't enjoy it, but it made me feel significant because my name was on the building. Uh, it made me feel like I was contributing to something greater than myself. That felt good. Uh, I had a lot of certainty because, um, you know, if I had some job security, I was making good money. Uh, but did I have much variety or uncertainty? No. Did I have a whole lot of like love or connection that I was getting from it? No. Was I growing much? I was at the beginning just because there was the growth curve of the, of the work I was doing, but eventually even that plateaued and I got extremely bored and how that man was showing up in his life was bored, passionless, um, not growing, you know, like not even that significant 
wondering why I was doing what I was doing with very little purpose in life. And that massively affected how I showed up in my life. It affected my physical health, my financial health, my relational health. And so you want to look at how you go about fulfilling these six human needs. And you can write them down. So let me tell you again real quick what they are. It's certainty. It's uncertainty. Number three is significance. Number four is connection slash love. Number five is growth. And number six is contribution. Now, you need to start focusing on like, in your mind, you might intellectually say, oh, yeah, love and connection. That's, that's absolutely what I, I prioritize as number one on my list. You know, I used to say the same exact thing. Like, nothing was more important than, uh, than my relationship at the time. And yet, intellectually, I was thinking that. But operationally, my life was showing up a completely different way. I was traveling all the time. I was working long hours. I was never actually emotionally present or available to the relationship. And so when I look at it operationally, my needs were actually more for the need of significance and maybe the need for um, uncertainty or variety just because I was so bored in my life that I was using business trips to create some sense of excitement. And then when I came home to my relationship, I was boring. And I wasn't doing anything fun. I was exhausted all the time. I knew I was failing in the relationship. So what is it for you? I think it's good for you to write these things down and look at how, how are you fulfilling each of these six human needs throughout your life? Just for you personally. And then how are you going about fulfilling the needs for your significant other if you have someone? Okay. I know my very first business, which was, um, you know, gyms workout gyms and things like that, helping, helping people lose weight and get healthier. I sat down and I wrote out, you know, my idea avatar of who I was wanting to, to provide service for, which ultimately was, uh, in memory of my mom. My mom had passed away from cancer, but I was like, if I'm going to create a gym and experience for my mom, she hated the big box gyms. She hated working out by herself because she wasn't motivated she liked going to curves, but that wasn't much of a workout. So what would she actually like to do? And so I put my mom's name down and I just thought about if my mom was still alive, how would I go about fulfilling these six human needs on, an, on a level of like maybe an eight, nine or 10 at the very top in how the gym experience, a working out experience would fulfill her needs. And not surprisingly, I had women who said, I have always hated working out my entire life. I don't know what you've got going on here or what you're doing, but the first time in my life, I can tell you that I'm, I am addicted to your gyms. I'm addicted to this, this experience. And it wasn't because I was doing unique push-ups or you know, adventurous lunges. Like All the exercises we were doing <laughs> were normal exercises. But what they weren't necessarily totally aware of what I was doing was that I was fulfilling their needs emotionally in six different ways, in these six human needs, and throughout the whole gym experience on a level of eight, nine, and 10. It just so happened that they were very much like Midwestern soccer moms, just like my mom. And uh, it's no wonder that that business thrived. And so whether you're, we're talking about your, your spouse, your significant other, a business, um, customers, your children, look at how are you providing on a level of eight, nine, or 10 on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest. 
How are you fulfilling these six human needs for yourself first? Start with yourself first because you cannot pour from a cup that is empty. But then beyond that, look how that affects everyone else. So I hope this makes sense. If you have any comments or want to kick around some ideas, I'm always available. Shoot me an email uh, or a DM on social media. And I really appreciate you tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good rest of your day. And that's our show for today. I want to thank you so much for listening. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, I'd be honored if you'd share it on your favorite social platform. It also really helps to get the word out if you subscribe and leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Something you think we could be doing better? I love constructive feedback as it's always welcome. And please feel free to email me at podcast at johnnyking.com with any questions or concerns. I'm also available on Instagram at johnnyking or on facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been awesome. And we'll catch up with you next time. Peace. Peace.